Hey, you're listening to Yo, This Can't Be Life, the podcast that aims to educate and inform Black women on how to take better care of their physical, mental, and financial health. I'm your host, Bree Montgomery, and I'm inviting you to join me as I interview resident experts to find out the cheat codes to living your best life. The information provided is intended to be general advice and should not be considered medical advice. For that, please consult your medical professional. Today's episode is all about clean beauty. In the guest chair, we have Hannah McCall, who is a regular black woman just out here rooting for other black women. When she saw how many beauty products were created with harmful ingredients and heavily marketed to black women, she saw a need to create a platform for change. She started Clean Beauty for Black Girls to educate, empower, and elevate. She's educating our sisters out here about what we should be looking out for in beauty and personal care products. She's empowering our sisters to vote with our dollars and live out loud. And she's elevating our sisters out here creating safer products for us. And with that, I would like to welcome Hannah McCall to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why it is you got into clean beauty. Well, hi, and thank you for having me. I honestly, I'm just a regular black girl. I, um, I'm an ex-athlete and coach who kind of always flirted on the edge of healthy. Uh, But that never occurred to me that I was also supposed to involve what I was putting on my body. Like nobody told me that our skin should be treated as such an organ. And once I started working in social media and started connecting with black women who were in, you know, the health space and the beauty space, I started to learn that our health as black women has never been a primary concern to society and that we were never taught that our skin is just like any other organ in our body and it can be overloaded with toxins. And I think it was the lack of that conversation that, you know, just got me digging in deeper and realizing that we shouldn't have to dig so deep to get the answers that we're looking for. And that's, that's why I created Clean Beauty for Black Girls. I also agree. I don't think that I've heard too much until I did my own research right. about, you know, what we should and shouldn't be doing and why. Because I'm a big person on the why. The why. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Let me know what's going on and then I can make my decision. But if I don't know that I'm doing something potentially harmful to myself, of course, I'm not going to be able to stop and change my behavior right it's kind of the we can't know what we don't know right so with that what types of ingredients should we be staying away from Mm -hmm. I mean I think that it's one of those things that can be so consuming right like we Mm -hmm. hear all these messages that all of these things are bad and while that might be true to a certain extent, I think that something like clean beauty is best taken in bite-sized content. So I always tell people to start with watching for four ingredients. One of those is formaldehyde. It's used in products like our shampoo, our body wash, hair gel, eyelash glue, eyeshadow, sunscreen, and lotion. And mm-hmm. 
It's known to cause skin irritation and it has been known as a human carcinogen for for years, right? So it's it's wild that it's continued to use be used in products. Another one is parabens. That's also found in shampoo, moisturizing products, deodorant, toothpaste, shaving gel, and most of our makeups. And parabens cause endocrine disruption and that um, that affects our hormones and that causes reproductive harm. And, you know, that's important when we look at the health of Black mothers and all the complications that so many of us see on a large number, like in large scales. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also known to have a negative effect on developing cancers. Fragrance is another one. And the, the problem with fragrance, and I know that makes people scared because, you know, you immediately say, wait a minute, like I have to throw away my perfume. Like that's terrifying. But fragrance is a, it's this secret chemical concoction that really shows up in almost every product we use. And the problem with it is, you know, it causes headaches and allergies. Those are pretty minimal things that might not stop you from using it, but they also are linked to uh, reproductive issues. And it's known to influence the growth of cancer. And it's hard for studies to be done on fragrance because it's a quote unquote secret ingredient. And, you know, we just don't know what chemicals are even being used to make things smell the way that they smell. And Mm -hmm. the last one I tell people to watch for is heavy metals. Heavy metals are a natural substance, but when they're manipulated in the manufacturing process, then they become an issue. And heavy metals are found in like our foundation, our lip products, our eyeliner, our concealer, and they cause organ toxicity and they again help promote cancer growth and again (laughs) affect our reproductive toxic levels so you know they all each one of these ingredients kind of has like a repetitive theme here with cancer and reproduction Mm. and i think it's important to start with those four just look at your products look for those ingredients. And, you know, the next time you buy something, just, you know, choose safer. Right. Okay. So what would you say is one of the first ways you were able to learn more about how these products affected the body? Mm -hmm. So honestly, I got into clean beauty when a friend of mine, um, who was a mentor in a previous position that I had, she was just kind of starting to, you know, post about this conversation. And I kind of started asking questions. And all she said was, trust me, we need you in this space. So honestly, I just jumped into this business um, with Beauty Counter, being an advocate for Beauty Counter. And they, mm-hmm. they had an opportunity almost immediately from me joining of sitting down with my congressman. Wow. And doing that, you know, I had to do some research about why he should care about, you know, this bill we were supporting to give the FDA more oversight into our products and sitting down and, you know, having that conversation with him and having him say, wait a minute, I had no idea. Or are these in my products too? That conversation, I was like, wow, like none of us really know, even these people that are, you know, voting laws into action. And that just that process and beauty counter as a company connected me to the knowledge and insight about where to look and what to look for right they gave me resources 
and a community to help start the conversation. And honestly, I remember reading an article by the Environmental Working Group that did a study on just on products that are marketed to Black women. And mm-hmm. 75% of the products that they tested were harmful to our health. Like on a scale wow. of low to high, most of them were medium high risk. Mm. And out of the list of products that included hair relaxers, hair colors, lipstick, and foundation, not one of them scored as being low on the hazardous scale. Wow. Right. That is a sad statistic. Right. It just like, it kind of like took the wind out of my sail, but because I wasn't in the right boat, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. And they're one of the reasons why, you know, I did connect with the company that I did is because their major teaching is that the FDA has not passed any major legislation on personal care products since 1938. Whoa. Right. It's a two page legislative document for an $80 billion industry. <laughs> so that bill that you were talking about with the Congress person, yeah. is it, did it go through? Is it still it's kind of still being in the battled process. out? It's still okay. in the process. Yep. It has passed one hurdle um, and onto the next. And basically the bill is for right now, the FDA has no control and ability to, to recall a product and they don't have the oversight and authority that they need to test products. Like there's, I think there's something like 80,000 chemicals that are, you know, being used in products right now that just haven't even been tested. And we have no idea what they do longevity wise to humans. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, So you mentioned beauty counter And I've Mm -hmm. seen that a lot since I've kind of delved into the wellness space. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us just a little bit what that is? So Beauty Counter is a company that Greg Renfrew created. She she just saw a need and she started creating. So the pillars are education, advocacy, and innovation. The education piece of it is kind of starting with what I just said about you know, the lack of legislation with the FDA. So they focus on educating communities about what to look for. um, What, like you said, what do these ingredients do to us? Like, why should I care? And they also advocate. They go to DC every year. They've been, Greg, the CEO, was actually interviewed by the House Committee that was, you know, looking over this bill with the FDA, she was interviewed because, you know, she's seen as an expert in this field now. And then the third part is innovation in which, you know, they're creating products that are safer. And it's what's so special to me about Beauty Counter is they are creating products to this set of standards that have been deemed impossible. And while they're doing that, they're advocating for stricter legislation in their industry. And from a corporate standpoint, we kind of usually think like, why would you make your life harder? (laughs) You know, but their mission is, you know, everyone means everyone. And they want, they want anybody to be able to go into a store like CVS or Target and just take something off the shelf and have it be safe. They're not saying only from us. 
they're saying, it's ridiculous. We have to do so much work to be safe. Right, right. Okay. So let's go back a little bit into those big four that we kind of talked about. I know one of them was formaldehyde. And I kind of remember that being a big thing to come up with the whole uh, Brazilian keratin treatments and things like that um, started becoming really popular. You mentioned things like shampoo and body wash. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. Um, <laughs> is it specifically spelled out as formaldehyde and those type of things? I know it wasn't in the um, the hair treatment, but that stunk and you knew that something very chemical right. was going on. But I, I would imagine body wash or hair gel or shampoo wouldn't necessarily give you that kind of indication. Is it is it written straight as formaldehyde or do they have other names for it to look for? They do have other names. Um, they're almost impossible to pronounce. Oh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something that we can put in if you show notes. Exactly. But one of them is formalin. It's F-O-R-M-A-L-I-N. Mm-hmm. And there's a few that are like from deviations of that word. And then methanol is another way that it's listed. So it's definitely hidden. Mm-hmm. A lot of the ingredients are hidden under other names. And that's also why, like you said, the smell. So that's also why fragrance is such an issue because it's actually anything that smells good, typically for us, if it's like a mass produced, you know, commercial product, fragrance is in there to cover up that chemical toxic smell. Mm, Okay. I never thought about it like that. (laughs) So, um, I know you said it was, it's a known uh, carcinogen. Right. For those of us who don't know, kind of let us know what a carcinogen is. So a carcinogen is, it's basically a substance or something that gives off a smell, like a radiation type ingestible thing into our lungs that mm. promotes the form like the formation of cancer. Mm. So when we say human carcinogen, we're saying that this promotes cancer growth inside human. Wow. Okay. And to know that that is so commonly used, is just mind blowing. It is, isn't it? And it's just, it kind of, it really comes down to, it's in everybody's products, right? Like that's, it's fair enough to say that, but it's, it's wild that we have to take that a step further as black women. Like we have to take into account that companies aggressively market to black women and they're aggressively marketing products that they know can cause cancer. Yeah, that's, that's, that's unfortunate. I mean, it just speaks to how much America is a capitalist society. Exactly. Exactly that. Okay. So I know another one of the big four was peregrines, mm-hmm. parabens, and we mentioned those were endocrine disruptors. Mm-hmm. We touched on that a, a, a tad bit in our conception episode. Okay. Um, but when when we talk about those things mm-hmm. in shampoos, in products, and things like that, do we have an idea of the levels at which they start to cause harm 
Or right. is it something that maybe it accumulative type thing? So if they're, I know we said like um, shampoos and deodorants and things like that. Mm-hmm. So those are the things we use every day. And a lot right. of times, you know, some, some things like toothpaste multiple times a day. Right. So over years of time, do we feel like those could also develop into cancer or tumors? Yes, absolutely. And that's like, you know, that's data that we're just lacking in a sense of having a holistic conversation about, but Mm -hmm. they definitely do accumulate in our bodies for the reasons you just said. They're in so many different things that we use every single day. And for things like deodorant, the biggest issue with parabens being endocrine disruptors is the location of where we're putting that product, right? Like it's right by our breast tissue. And Mm. if we're affecting our hormone production or, you know, blocking certain organs from receiving this hormone, you know, communication that they need, what we're doing is we're directly affecting that tissue in our breast. And obviously we all know breast cancer is a major issue for black women. And it's wild to me that the conversation of deodorant doesn't happen more often when we're talking about breast cancer. Mm. And it's one of those things that we don't know, but it has been shown, especially for black women, that a lot of the breast cancer that is developing in us is not genetic. Wow. It's from, I don't know, I don't remember the exact things. I was just on a panel, but I think it's close to like, it's above 75% that those of black women that have breast cancer, you know, it's not, it's not genetic at all. It's from alternative things and it's from our environments and it's from the products we're using. Wow. That is interesting. Cause you hear so much about that. Was it the BCRA gene or something like that? Yes. So correct. you just assume, oh, okay, it, you know, it's in our family. It's kind of one of those things where maybe mm-hmm. it's a net inevitable, you'll get it. And then it's just a matter of catching it early enough. But right. hearing that with the with the stats and the information mm-hmm. that that's not necessarily true and we have a little bit more control than we thought. Exactly. It's just like, it's crazy, especially because no one is teaching us how to prevent these things right. in that matter. Like, there's no time where I've gone even for a breast exam and they've informed me of those things. And I think that that is one of the biggest issues that I have with healthcare for black women and all women, actually, mm-hmm. because I just feel like we're doing something wrong. We're a little bit backwards. Exactly. Um, we're, we're fixing things. We're being, um, we just need to be a little bit more proactive. And which is one of the reasons why I try to have these conversations on the podcast, because if we look at things from, a preventative approach, I think, will be a lot better overall. And I think one of the issues, obviously, is knowledge and information. So the more information that we have, the better we can do about taking care of ourselves. I think you're exactly right. And I think it comes back to what you said about a capitalist society, right? They don't, there's less money in preventative care. That's, Mm -hmm. we know that. I also think, though, that as black women, we've kind of always had to do this. We've always had to sift through the truth and find what was best for us. And 
you know, carry forward, like what you're doing and educating people about things like this. And what a lot of the black owned beauty companies have been doing for years, you know, starting making products in their kitchen. They were doing that for us because they knew, right? We didn't, maybe didn't have the verbiage or Mm -hmm. the data, but they just knew, you know, something isn't right. Absolutely. I mean, and you got to take care of your own. Absolutely. Hmm. That's a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> right. That could, that could be a whole nother episode. <laughs> now the, we talked about fragrance again, but the heavy metals, what do those look like when we're looking in our ingredient list? Cause I know you said foundation and lip products and eyeliner and it just, it just hurts me cause I'm a makeup lover. So, I mean, I know it's going to be a sad day when I start, you know, knowing some of these names and start looking at some of my faves <laughs> and, and, and having to part. So what kind of things, when we say heavy metals, are we looking for if we're looking at our foundation or our lipsticks or our eyeshadows? So, okay. Basically, the biggest thing is a lot of the like shimmery makeups that we look at, mm. The, I know that's, <laughs> that's where the heavy metals generally become the biggest issue because they're manipulated. Um, and it's things like lead, mercury, chromium, titanium, iron, cobalt. Like it's, you know, there are things that we know are regular. <laughs> right. But it's like I said, it's that manipulation and they come up. Chromium is listed as is um, there's lead acetate. So you can see that when you look for lead, there's thermal thermal That's a heavy metal. Um, hydrogenated cottonseed oil is one. Wow! Now that one will slip right under the cracks, won't it? Though because I think we look at the word oil so often, and we're like, oh, that's natural. Mm-hmm. And it's true, but <laughs> yeah, nothing about cottonseed oil would say heavy metals to me. Exactly. And I'm the exact same way. Like I would have looked at that and been like, oh, they're using something natural. This will be great. But again, it's, it's, it's those few words that they add in there before, after, or like the little asterisks that kind of indicates to you something has been changed from its natural state to what it is now, or it's being paired with other ingredients that cause it to react differently. Mm. Okay. So what, what kind of places are, would you suggest, like, is there like an app or something where you can look up a product and see, like, has somebody already done the work where you can look up and say, Hey, let me know, like, if you're ready to like, let's see, (laughs) you know, if my favorite concealer is problematic, what do we do? So the, my favorite one, there is one called the uh, Think Dirty app. Um, Mm -hmm. Use that one as often, but I know it is another resource. The one that I use or rely on most is, it was created by the Environmental Working Group. It's called the Healthy Living app. And what it does is you can use a barcode. You can search, but you can use a barcode and you can just scan your product that's in your house, or if you're out shopping, you can just scan it quick. And it gives you a breakdown of the most alarming ingredients. And then for each of those ingredients, it puts it on a scale. I think it's from like one to eight. Mm -hmm. And there's also, it's all the color coded where 
green, you're good. Yellow, depending on its level, you you know, it may or may not cause problems. And red is just high risk. And I think that's helpful because, you know, when you're starting to make better decisions with your makeup and all your personal care products, it's, I don't think you have to give up everything, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that 80-20 rule that they teach us with nutrition. It's, if I have some products that are in the yellow because, you know, they're really low rated, they might be three or four, and I really love them. And I'm comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. But I think we need to pay attention to the ones that are six and above or have red risk ingredients in them. Like those we can obviously choose safer with. Like, I think it's just about doing a little bit better each time. Right. Okay. Yeah, I think a phased approach is always good because it's just like, you know, like you said, with nutrition, with diets and things like that, um, you want to make that healthy lifestyle change. But if you do too much too fast, unless, you know, you just have that kind of personality that you can just (laughs) make that change, you're gonna, you're gonna feel restricted, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna slip up. So if you don't feel like everything is taken away from you, yes. you know, I think you will have a better chance of making your lifestyle versus just a, a temporary change. Yeah. I always say progress over perfection. Like nobody is telling you in any sense when, you know, you're looking to improve your life. I don't think that should ever be aimed at perfection because like you said, like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure because that simply it just doesn't exist and it's not sustainable. Okay. So as far as black owned companies in wellness, mm-hmm. do you have a few that are some of the ones that you know to have good reviews or maybe you could recommend? Yep. So we have we have several partners of Clean Beauty for Black Girls, uh, black owned businesses. I work with only black owned businesses outside of beauty counter beauty counter is the exception okay um but we have a shop list where we have several different uh, companies that are creating safer products and then another really great resource you can also find them on our website if you don't want to go directly to them but it's called black and green and they are basically a marketplace of safe black created products from anything you use in your house, anything you use on your skin. It's just, it's just a wonderful, like little safe place. (laughs) Right. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about clean beauty for black girls. This is a site that you started, correct? Correct. So I, I kind of started it before I had any idea what I really wanted to do. (laughs) I just, I knew that nothing existed like it. So I, I just jumped and It's my mission to educate Black women about the harmful ingredients in our products, to empower Black women to believe in ourselves and step into this space of like, we do deserve to be healthy. And then the third thing is to elevate Black women-owned businesses that are paving the way to a safer beauty market. We, I think they're so often under the radar that we only know about them if someone we know personally has had an experience with them. Mm-hmm. And word of mouth marketing is like important, but we have this giant industry of black women in personal care products. Like we have, like we account for 22% of the spending in this space and we're only 13% of the population. Like we have a lot of power there. And I think the more we elevate 
Black women who are creating safer products for us, the better off we're all going to be. So I, that's why Clean Beauty for Black Girls is here, to educate and elevate. I love it. I love it. And I totally agree. Until we, as consumers, demand better products, we won't get them. Exactly. And who better to create products for us other than us? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just look at clean beauty makeup in certain from certain people that I've met since I started clean beauty for black girls. And I'm like, you can just tell who it's created by because of the, the pigment, mm-hmm. whether that's a like an eyeshadow or a foundation, you're just like, Oh, yep. There I am. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's important for people who are struggling with trying to jump over to the good side, if you will, because mm-hmm. you know, if if you're used to having a certain look and you can't yes. get that, it's like, oh, okay, well, hmm, you know, you're 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 at a battle. Yeah, you're um, not gonna make but, that choice, right? Right. But if you can find something the same or better without all the toxic ingredients, it's a win-win for everybody. I agree. What other kind of places or resources do you know of? For people who now are, have been bit by the bug. So now we're finding out, oh my goodness, there's so much I need to know. What are some of your go-to resources that you can recommend for us to do a little bit more learning on our own? Mm -hmm. You can go to, so the Environmental Working Group has a cosmetics database where they break down ingredients and explain it to you, you know, and there's out outside links that you can click on, like you can dive into whatever rabbit hole you want to with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, There's also Black Women for Wellness and the Black Women's Health Imperative. I think they give kind of a more holistic view on how things kind of all work together. There is a book called Sicker, Fatter, Poorer that I think is really consumable and gives us the approach of kind of breaking down how society has failed us in the sense of not teaching us what's going on behind the scenes. Um, Black and Green, again, they also have a blog. And then Clean Beauty for Black Girls, obviously. Um, The whole premise is to create blog posts in quote-unquote snack-sized content. So you don't feel overwhelmed, but you walk away feeling like you had a conversation with your friend. You know what I mean? Oh, I love it. For those of us who are active on social media, what are where can we find you there? So on Instagram, we're Clean Beauty for Black Girls. On Facebook, we're Clean Beauty for Black Girls. And we also have a page on LinkedIn, even though that doesn't really feel very social. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can find it pretty much anywhere, Clean Beauty for Black Girls. And if you use the hashtag Clean Beauty for Black Girls, everything will come up that way as well. Okay. That's, that's a good idea. Thank you so much for that. And thank you for teaching us and giving us a taste of what it is to enter into clean beauty and let us know the things what we want to look out for, helping us find out more information. I really appreciate you for that. Is there anything else you want to let us know? I don't think so. We're in this together though. I know that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Wow, so much knowledge drop, right? 
guys, I still feel some type of way about the whole undercover metal posing as an oil. And don't get me started on the fact that the products for black women are mostly toxic. To keep in touch with Hannah, her website is cleanbeautyforblackgirls.org and her Instagram and Facebook is cleanbeautyforblackgirls. If you enjoyed this, please share and consider giving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts.